just like new. I can't believe you're still on holiday. Look, call me as soon as you get back. Ah, oh, so Jim's still away then? Yeah. It's going to cost us a fortune in glass. No, 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 don't! <laughs> Cleaned up. Hello, I'm Damien St. John, and this is On the Left Side. It's of little interest to me what the Foreign Secretary thinks about it, um, but, um, you know. Hi, I'm Damien, radio DJ, BAFTA shortlisted screenwriter, and host of the Fictionary Podcast the show all about the silly side of the dictionary. Most importantly, I want a golden joystick on Games Master. Feel free to touch me, just not the joystick. Right, time for another dose of the football show that isn't really about football. This week, we found out just what it would take to make England have a successful World Cup as Raheem Sterling revealed that all the players needed was for the fans to give some love. Now, the more cynical amongst you might be thinking, how about you give us something first, Raheem? Like something even slightly resembling entertaining football. Or a campaign that goes beyond the first knockout game would be handy. Um, I just feel if the manager makes a decision and the players that are there, um, you know, I think if we get behind those players and, and give them love, you, you wouldn't know how much that would help them and how much that would boost their confidence. Get behind those players and give them some love. We've all seen that Deli Alley video, so we know exactly what he's talking about. Anyway, England fans need no more encouragement to love if their behaviour in Amsterdam ahead of the Netherlands game is anything to go by. Just check out these fans cheering on a fellow supporter after he uh, completed a, a transaction in a licensed brothel. And there was me thinking things would be different now that Wayne Rooney's not in the squad. Sadly, that was about as good-natured as it got. After the game, some of those fans made another small part of the world hate us just a little bit more with their boozy behaviour and fighting in the Dutch capital. And apparently the Russian police were in attendance to see the bad behaviour for themselves ahead of the World Cup. Although that's not a bad thing. Forget trade restrictions, forget expelling foreign diplomats, forget political sanctions. If Russia don't start behaving themselves, we'll triple the number of English knobheads we send over in June. Speaking of which, Boris Johnson has stirred up that particular hornety nest while Gareth Southgate has tried to calm things down. Sort of. There's nothing quite like dealing with the big issues, which is exactly what the England manager did when quizzed about the potential for crowd violence, homophobia and racism during this summer's tournament in Russia. He did nothing like deal with it. I don't think we should just talk about racism in Russia. You know, we've got to get our own house in order. There's still things going on in our own country that aren't correct around racism. So we keep pointing the finger at Russia, um, where we're going to be guests in the next uh, couple of months. Um, but we haven't resolved the issue in our own country. And until we do, I think we should stop firing, of, firing off those things elsewhere. Well, that's fine then. As long as we have racist behaviour, it's OK that the Russians have it too. This isn't a case of keeping up with the Joneses. If you move into a house and discover it's on fire, you don't think, oh, it's okay because my old house was on fire too, so I'm kind of used to it. And then slowly sit there like a rotisserie chicken while you watch EastEnders. But while Gareth Southgate was papering over the cracks of international relations, Boris Johnson was boldly blasting them wide open. 
he decided that now would be the perfect time to draw comparisons between the 1936 Olympics in Hitler's Nazi Germany and the 2018 World Cup finals in Russia. So I think the comparison with 1936 is, is certainly right and uh, I think it's a, an emetic prospect, frankly, for, uh, to think of, uh, uh, the, of, of Putin glorying in, in uh, this, this, this sporting event. No Boris, bad Boris. Not only is this offensive to ex-servicemen, those who lost their lives in World War II and an entire bloody country, but it's simply just a bullshit comparison. And believe me, I've listened to the show before, I know what a bullshit comparison is. By the way, emetic means vomit-inducing. A common reaction when I see his face on Newsnight. But upsetting a load of people and potentially damaging the future of a country for your own political career is fast becoming a bit of a Boris Johnson trademark. Vote leave, we can take back control. Now, something that is worth getting upset about is that if you're going over for the World Cup, you just might have to sell your car and house with your family in it to be able to afford to stay because some Russian hotels have put prices up by 18,000%. Oh, those Russians. Okay, the selling your family bit might not be true, although you can if you want. But the 18,000% price hike is 100% spot on. Or should that be 1,800,000% spot on? Because a night in the Meridian guest house normally sets you back 17 quid. That is great value. However, when England roll into Kaliningrad for their final group game against Belgium, fans can expect to part with £3,125 just for staying. That is a rise of 18,282%. If you apply that to the cost of a pint, then the average can of Fosters would come in at around 300 quid, which, helpfully, may stop people lobbing them about like those knobheads in Amsterdam. Let's have it then! And for that 3,125 quid, do you get a breakfast? If it does, I want a Fabergé fried egg, the kind of beans that Jack swapped his cow for, and crispy bacon fried in the finest Russian crude oil. Mm. Someone who still might be going to the World Cup despite those prices is Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who was released midweek by Manchester United. You don't release Zlatan. Zlatan releases you. Uh, all right then. He wasn't without a club for long as MLS side La Galaxy snapped up the forward to play for them, signing him on a free transfer. You don't sign Zlatan. He signs you. Right, what does that even mean? <laughs> Ever the understated hero, Ibrahimovic announced his departure with an image on Instagram of him arm wrestling the devil and looking more like Jesus than ever. Although I don't remember Jesus comparing himself to a lion. He accompanied the image with the following message. Great things also come to an end. Thank you to the club, the fans, the team, the coach, the staff, and everybody who shared with me this part of history. Hashtag forever red. I actually like the sentiment behind this. Zlatan, being Zlatan, could easily have thanked his God-given talent instead of everyone from the fans to the kit man. This emotional goodbye was matched with a touching message from Eric Bailly, who replied with a thoughtful tribute, saying, You fuck off every day, smiley winky face. It's just so beautiful. Already, the giant Swede seems to have settled into life in the States, but during his first interview for his new club, Zlatan seemed to be getting all political. I'm looking forward to conquer the, the US, just like I conquered Europe. So. But who said it first, Zlatan Ibrahimovic or Boris Johnson? 
What do you want your legacy to be from this period in Major League Soccer? The legacy would be that I came, I conquered, I left. And it seems like Zlatan's already conquered the PR over there. The Americans are doing what they do best, getting overexcited and making up words for football, as demonstrated by the LA Galaxy boss, whose name itself sounds made up. This is what Siggy Schmidt said. As one of the most winningest players of all time, we are confident that Slatten can be one of the most dangerous strikers in our league. Winningest? Winningest? <laughs> is he also the strikiest striker, the Swediest Swede, and the Zlatanist Zlat? Next you'll be telling me he's the footiest footballer. Uh, winningest is actually a real word. Really? Alright, dick. Shouldn't read corner. A bit uncalled for, but I like what you did there. Let's be honest, he's a bit of a character, and whoever you support will all miss seeing Zlatan play on these shores, whether it's in the Premier League or the Champions League. But there are some that will be glad he's gone, like Lisa O'Sullivan on TalkSport. OK, uh, the World Cup playoffs. Mm. I think uh, we have lost out because we're going to miss out on either Cristiano Ronaldo or Ibrahim Zlatovic. Well, that's it for another dose of Football Funny. Make sure you subscribe so you get to hear the next guest host as soon as the show's released. And trust me, it won't be me. It will be an actual legend. Slatan is a legend. And it's not him. That's it for this week's On the Left Side. I've been Damien St. John. I came, I conquered, I left. Drop mic. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Sean Alsop for Abrupt Audio.